Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We left off in Nehemiah chapter 5, wherein Nehemiah talks about how he had been appointed governor over Judah. Typically, governors would receive this huge allotment of food and even silver, and he chose to partake of none of that, but focused instead on the construction of the wall and did not buy any land while he was here. He didn't choose to use his appointment to a governmental position to enrich himself. Take note of that, please, public servants. Here's verse 17. There were 150 Jews and officials, as well as guests from the surrounding nations at my table. Wow. Picture that real quick. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some fowl were prepared for me. An abundance of all kinds of wine was provided every 10 days, but I didn't demand the food allotted to the governor because the burden on the people was so heavy. Remember me favorably, my God, for all that I've done for this people. So he chose to forego what was entitled to him, and he's asking for God's favor in that. In the Revival Project, some of us are going to be able to give because we have excess, we have surplus. I know that after COVID, I mean, all of our vacation budgets should be flush with cash, right? Uh, if you, or at least have some left over. And you can consider giving from surplus and praise God, and that's a good thing. But there's something to this. My wife and I have been able to give sacrificially over the years on numerous occasions. We know what it is to have plenty. We also know very well what it is to be in want. And there's something special about giving while you are in want. There's something particularly poignant about giving sacrificially. So looking at your budget and taking out what can be, what can be sacrificed. Uh, take out Starbucks, take out eating, uh, going out to eat, or at least going out to eat most of the time, taking out, uh, giving your vacation budget, you know, to, to the ministry, whatever the case may be. Just consider opportunities in which you could not just give your surplus, but give sacrificially. Or if you're currently, right, if you're redlined, if your budget is just redlined, then that's, that, that's where we have been before where we've given. For example, when we had a child in the hospital and our bills were starting to come due and it was way more than we could afford at the time, uh, we were debt-free and we had savings, all of that very quickly disappeared when it came to matters of life and death with your child in the hospital. Even still, we gave. Even still, we would give and we would sacrifice things that we would give. And what was so cool about that was that we couldn't outgive God. I once came home from church with an envelope with like $4,000 cash in it during those days. We still don't know who gave it to us. And it was, a, <laughs> that was like, we were trying to give and then we would, you know, like write a, uh, we'd, you know, write a check to the church for a thousand dollars, and I come home with four thousand dollars cash, and then we couldn't, we couldn't outgive God. It was an incredible thing to behold. There are no guarantees for that, and that's not the reason that you should give. That's a testimony that I have to share with you that hopefully encourages you. That like Nehemiah prayed, God, remember me favorably for all that I've done for this people. If you can, you can go to God and say, like God, like I've been entitled to these things, and I can afford these things. I've even budgeted and saved and prepared for these things, but I'm going to choose to forego them, so that I can alleviate a burden. And that's a beautiful thing. That's self-sacrifice in a financial sense. This was Nehemiah choosing to forego something to which he was quite privileged. He was, he was allowed this. We've seen the name Nehemiah in the list of people who are contributing to the construction of the wall. It's a different Nehemiah. This is the one time in which we see that Nehemiah was appointed governor. He chooses to forego all of the perks and instead just ask God to 
remember his sacrifice. He was entitled to these things. It would be totally fair for him to partake of it. Not a person in the world can say like, hang on a second, that's not fair of you to take that. Well, of course it's fair. It's for the governor. He's the governor, but he chose not to. And for that, he asks for God's favor. This is a beautiful example of sacrificial giving. So I can tell you firsthand exactly what it's like to give sacrificially, even when your budget is redlined, you're facing medical debt, and it's a financial crisis, you still give. There's something sweet about that. There's something sweet about those gifts. Uh, my bride and I have been in positions before where God has allowed us to just experience income that went way beyond anything we could need. And we give during those times and we would give from excess. And we'd also just give according to our convictions and give generously and extravagantly during those times. But it was uh, the monetary gifts that we gave when we were like broke and in medical debt. Uh, and we were looking at money for groceries versus money to give to the church. Uh, and then God would just come through in a really cool way every time. There's something special about those kind of gifts, those sacrificial gifts. So consider it, consider it in the Revival Project. Here's the opening of chapter six. The bad guys are back when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that no gap was left in it, though at that time I had not installed the doors in the city gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent me a message. Come, let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley. They were planning to harm me. So Nehemiah is giving sacrificially, and then meanwhile his enemies are still at work. You give sacrificially, there's no guarantee that God's going to give you back more. Okay? This is not a prosperity teaching. I have experienced that myself, but that's not biblically guaranteed, and that's not why we gave. And we've also given before in such a way that we did not receive more back, but we gave it anyway, and we have zero regrets about it. We've had a time machine. Do it again. There's no guarantee that giving is going to exempt you from trial. Okay? Uh, I think there's only been two or three occasions in my, in my career as a pastor so far where I've called out false teaching. And some of it was because of prosperity teachers who guaranteed this idea that said, like, if you give to this ministry, then you're going to receive back tenfold what you sowed into it. Meaning, like, whatever you give me, God's going to give you times ten. And that's nonsense. That There's zero way to guarantee that. And I've had more than one person sit in my office as a pastor seeking counseling because they just went broke because they saw a pastor on TV make a promise and they went broke. And then the church had to help them pay their rent and their bills and things like this. And it was because they just were duped by a prosperity teacher. Look at the reality of Nehemiah. Beautiful testimony about Nehemiah sacrificing, foregoing the perks, choosing, choosing not to burden the people of his jurisdiction, uh, not, not to burden his constituents. And then in chapter six, by the way, like God remember me for this sacrifice. And then chapter six, his enemies are out to get him. And they're not even using true information. They'd heard that the whole wall was complete. It wasn't by the way. There still needed to be work done in the doors to the city gates according to verse one. There's no guarantee that giving this way will exempt you from trial and difficulty. It didn't, it didn't exempt Nehemiah and it won't exempt you. That does not preclude God's ability to just bless you. I've seen God do that, but there are no guarantees. Don't give because you think that God's gonna give back to you. He's not a slot machine. Rather, you give because he's Lord. You give because these things matter more in your heart than anything else in the world. Give because you just trust God. There's zero guarantees, and it certainly doesn't mean that your enemies won't be afoot against you. That wasn't the case for for, for Nehemiah, and there's no guarantee here, but it is worth doing. It is a good thing. That kind of sacrificial giving 
is excellent for our hearts. Would you pray about this? And would you consider this? I can say from firsthand experience that it is a blessing to give sacrificially with no guarantees that God's going to bring back what you sacrificed because then it wouldn't be a sacrifice, would it? <laughs>